Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Dirk Ashton. Hi, I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy. And Rob J. Hayes. Yo, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of, we'll go with this one, and uh, Z. And Rob uh, has frozen, so we'll introduce Michael yeah, R. Fletcher we're, first we're, instead. We're off to a brilliant start. Hi, I'm yeah. Michael R. Fletcher, author of the Obsidian Path Trilogy, and Rob is back. And Rob J. Hayes, our am last co-host. Am I back? Did I, did I leave? Yes. Oh, I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, left for some reason. Okay, I'm, I'm Rob J. Hayes, author of Along the Razor's Edge, which I'm going to pick this one because uh, Book 4 is coming out soon, and if you're a Patreon, you can read Book 4 for free. Go to Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Wizards Warriors Words, and uh, you can check that out if you sign up to a certain tier on there. The link will be down below as well in the notes. So for this episode, um, we're going to do another Chaos episode. Last time we did this, it was really interesting. Mike just said, guys, I want to do a Chaos episode. Had absolutely no idea what it was going to be about. We threw it to him and he produced some utter gold. So hoping for a repeat performance today, Mike, take us away. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> dun, All right, dun, so let's talk, let's talk about the quest for Steve, uh, which is, <laughs> hey, this is only going to be like peripherally writing related. Okay. But here okay, we go. Sometimes okay. writers Pre- don't write. Peripherally. 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 Mm-hmm. Thanks. No, can't really <laughs> use that anymore. Bad, broken. Who the fuck um, is Steve? That's what I want to know. So Steve is um, Mike is Steve. Uh, no, he's definitely Steve is not. Who, sorry. So a couple of uh, couple of years ago, uh, and I think we've individually talked about this a, a bit. I sort of went on this kick uh, trying to figure out how to be happy after some asshole said, "Dude, if you can't figure out how to be happy, really, how smart are you?" Um, <laughs> And which which stung because I was unhappy at the time. <laughs> um, and so I realized part of it is um, 
defining your your sort of like goal as happiness was was like a, a bad start because happiness is like this sort of like very narrow little thing and kind of by definition temporary right um and what i needed what i wanted was something bigger than that like yeah i wanted to be happy but i kind of also wanted to feel like a sense of accomplishment uh kind of wanted to feel good about myself where i was at what i was doing um damn those are some high goals yeah and really i couldn't put i couldn't put one word to it i couldn't sum it all up in one word um and so i called it steve uh just because it was silly so it's the quest for steve and that's uh it's an ongoing thing which i have have to keep learning because i'm dumb um so i had achieved much of what i thought steve was and then um kind of slacked on it you know because i was there i was like i achieved it sweet i have steve um and then at some point you kind of realize steve. yeah you kind of realize like uh, you've been backsliding and all the things you thought um that steve was uh which not necessarily wrong but um you haven't sort of been continuing to do them and so i thought maybe we'd just talk about um you know finding that 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 balance it's like it's work-life balance it's achieving things and not just writing books um look at look at dirk's room there like how good does that feel to have that amazing it's like a dream come true i realized that this is the first time i have not had my office crammed into my bedroom since 1992. Oh my god, that's before you, I existed. You've been working um, on that, that that office for like a good six months now, haven't you? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for people who can't see, just for the audio feed, Dirk, do you want to describe the room that you're currently sitting in? Oh, it's, uh, this is uh, about 15 feet by what is it? It's 15 by 14 close to that and i have shelves for all of my books and they're actually now in alphabetical order i've got an old shelf that was my in my grandfather's office in the 1930s when he was an attorney the grandfather who was in world war one um and survived thank god um, I've got my standing desk, I've got my regular nice. desk, I've got my cork board, I've got my 65-inch HDR 4K TV, I've got a couch <laughs> with a queen-size really queen pull-out bed. It's for research purposes. <laughs> I've got my, my mission chair that I've wanted since the early 2000s. I've got... And a safe. Yeah, it makes me very happy and a safe. <laughs> it's not really a safe, but it is pretty cool and you can lock it. Is it a fridge? That's where he keeps Rob J. Hayes' future books. It's, is is it French? Is that what you said? Is it a fridge? Is it French? Is it a, fridge? a fridge? No, it's yeah. just a side table that looks like a cargo container. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. And it's oh, orange. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. It's a very cool looking room. Thanks. So does the office make you Steve? It makes impressed. me very happy. And behind the curtain back there, the whole other half is book packing and book storage. 
That's a curtain? Yeah. So there's like a whole extra room. There's another whole half of the room back there that's got a big table for packing and a big rack for bubble wrap and box and book storage and my my scale and my printer. Yeah. It is it, it is it is like a dream come true. It's pretty Your awesome. level of organization is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it's only because it's just put together, right? <laughs> give it give it another month. Give months. it another month, yeah. So has that to Mike's point? It's very you it's, feel it's like you're closer it, to Steve? It, it makes me feel very Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. uh nice. it helps. It it really helps a lot. Change is good, I think. Yep. Change is good. Um hmm. some doing stuff I mean I I have never been a handy person. I, I don't do crafty stuff. I don't make things. Uh, but I kind of realized, like, uh, my daughter wanted her room painted. And I, I am a no-talent ass clown. But I kind of <laughs> researched it all, figured out how to do it, how to tape stuff, um, and painted her room. And afterwards, it was like, ooh, that looks pretty feeling. good. It is that a not, and it's, and I've been doing a lot of that stuff here. Like I painted, I painted that, that door yellow yeah. and it's, it's really yellow. It is. It's very <laughs> yellow. Yeah. And, um, sometimes it's simple stuff like, uh, hanging a piece of art, putting up a book cover on your wall. Um, mm -hmm. it's kind of astounding. We, we tend to ignore the stuff that, um, that's that doesn't necessarily come easy to us but that doesn't mean it's not it doesn't play a part in you know in steve or we uh, think yeah. that we don't have time to do yeah so yep. we don't do it yeah yeah you know you're a writer so you're supposed to be writing and every moment you're not writing you're supposed to feel guilty about not writing yeah but yeah. sometimes um you know stepping out uh and going for a walk is part of steve um putting stuff up on the walls, tidying your office. Like my office is a fucking disaster right now. It looks um, pretty good. I like all the stuffed toys up on that top shelf. Yeah. My, my daughter gets to, she has taken over two of my shelves so far. Uh, one for her books and then one for like some of her art and stuffed animals and stuff, which is cool. I, I love it. She's very um, crafty. Really I've seen some of the art that you share online. She is really talented. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. It's, it's crazy. I have no idea where that comes from. It's, <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, let's throw it to Jed. How do you, sure. I see you are Instagram. You're constantly po uh, posting pictures of you climbing things. Yes. Yeah. I love climbing. Yeah, that so is something that definitely. I didn't know they had monkeys in Australia. It's only me. I've eaten all the other monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one. You've absorbed all their power. <laughs> yeah. I started bouldering about. Uh, maybe two and a half years ago. And I de definitely think it's been one of the best things for my mental health and creativity, fitness, happiness, just everything. Because um, it's impossible to be stressing about your writing or about your story when you're dangling like three meters in the air and you've got your like leg hooked around one hold and your arm like just on the edge of another one. Because if you're not paying attention in that moment, you're going to fall off and you're going to embarrass yourself yeah. in front of everyone else there yeah that is so, that is living in the moment yeah and i think it's hard to the achieve times when i'm happiness is when i'm the most absorbed by the present moment whether that is that moment in writing where you get through the first difficult minutes of a new day's writing and then you kind of sink into the story and you 
look up and before you know it, it's been like an hour that's mm -hmm. gone past. Um, whether it's climbing, uh, whether it's playing soccer, which I've gotten back into soccer um, in the last couple of weeks as well, which is fantastic. Um, or football for everyone everywhere else Thank in the world. Thank you. Um, there you go, Rob. Don't worry. Hey, I've seen an Arsenal match in London, so I'm basically... basically uh, to be honest, I absolutely hate soccer. football, so I don't really care what you call it, but, you know. <laughs> what? Nice. I love I it. I can't stand football. It's terrible. It's great. Oh, my Dude, God. You're let's not like, sidetrack us on Bad Englishman. Bad. Fuck you. Bad Englishman. <laughs> bad Englishman. <laughs> Rob, uh, the Queen has exiled you from the country. Sorry. Wouldn't be the I, uh, first time. I, I think I think the title for this episode should be Achieve the Steve. Achieve the Steve. That's cool. Achieve I have the need the, Steve. the need for Steve. Channeling Steve. No, no takers. So yeah, no takers. I, I think I think you hit on something important there, that uh being in the moment, which is uh really difficult. Uh with especially the for writers. Like, especially for writers, I think. You're sitting mm. at a computer with 24-7 access to social media. And every time yes. you have a thought, there's some asinine little part of your brain that's like, you should share that with your friends, stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, hold on, I'll just, I'll write that next uh, paragraph in a second. I'm just going to post this dumb thought on fucking Twitter. And, you know, there's, uh, I think there's an impact on your daily word count, but also on your mental health. Because mm -hmm. that stepping out of the moment, that never being in the moment and see, I, I've been going for walks, which is great and it feels nice, but yeah. it's still easy to think about all the things you're going to post on Twitter when you get back because I'm not <laughs> in danger of plummeting, you know, several meters to my death at the time. So I can still, you know, it's not, it's not quite putting me in the moment. I think I need to do something more dangerous. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Maybe play in traffic, uh, hunts and bears. Yeah, anything that Wrestle will, you will die if you're not paying attention to it. It's, yeah. it's a good idea. No, yeah. I think... Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've been reading a book currently which has made me reevaluate a lot of what I thought about happiness and the best way to, to live a good life. And it's called 4,000 Weeks. Um, and 4,000 Weeks essentially refers to the amount of time you get on Earth if you live to 80. So if you live to 80, you get about 4,000 weeks. And a couple of interesting things that the author brings up, which I would love to get you, your thoughts on from all of you. Um, one is the idea of, uh, what is it? Like the constant urge to think or project ourselves forward to the next moment. So mm -hmm. you wake up and you're thinking, okay, I've got to get this thing sorted. I've got to get this thing sorted. You're doing that thing. And while you're doing that thing, you're already thinking forward to the next event in the day. And it might be something that you're really looking forward to, like catching up with a friend or like going bouldering or going for a nice walk. But then when you're on that event, your mind just jumps to the next thing and the next thing. And that is like a feeling that I, absolutely hate experiencing especially because it just compounds itself and you'll be in the middle of something which you're supposed to enjoy and be present in for its own sake like catching up with someone and you get that thought in your head which is moving you forward to the next thing and then you start feeling guilty and you're like oh my gosh i'm such a bad person because i'm not being present in this moment and it just makes it worse and worse and worse and i feel like in writing in particular this is something that I have to fight against and I would love to get your thoughts on it because have you ever had that experience where you're writing a scene in your novel and you're thinking to yourself, this is an okay scene. I'm not feeling massively absorbed or entertained by this, but the next scene I'm going to write or that scene three chapters from now, I'm so looking forward to this scene. Yep. And then you get there 
and your mind skips to the next scene that you're really looking forward to and you never actually occupy the moment that you're experiencing. Have you guys had that experience? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now I'm super excited about the next book I want to start writing. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, how fucking annoying is that? I like, I'm halfway through writing two books right now. I literally have 100, 150,000 words I got to write before I can even actually think about starting another book. Um, but there you go. There's that part of me that's like, oh, shiny new idea. I want to write it. Yeah. I want to write it. But if I start writing it, I won't finish the books I'm working on. And then I won't finish that one because I'll chase the next shiny. Yeah, but, so uh, yeah, that's projecting is something that I have always had a problem with. Um, and usually it's bad things. And also the idea that, you know, if I'm having a bad day or things are going badly, it's going to be that way forever. But if things mm. are good, you know, for an hour, it's, it's going to be that way forever. Everything is going to be that way forever. And, you know, just constantly projecting and worrying about what's going on in the world. And we've had a lot of that people have had to deal with. But a, an old guy once, uh, I heard him say a couple times that uh, that he has he suffered from that. And he's lived through um, dozens of horrendous catastrophes in his life. And none of them ever happened. Um, so... Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I get that. That's a good quote. Yeah, that's a really good quote. Yeah. So, Rob, let's start at you for a moment. You've been talking about burnout again lately, and sort of uh, how you've been dealing with it. Um, can you relate that to Steve Fors a little bit? What What's going with you these days? Um, I mean, for me, like, yeah, like I, I, I completely lost touch with Steve at the end of last year. I don't know where Steve went. Moved to a different county or some shit. Um, and that was largely due, due to, to burnout because like, I mean, I, I have hobbies like, you know, I, I, I do have other hobbies, but so much of my identity is tied into me as an author, basically, because, um, you know, it's it's the career that I decided to focus myself around and I love doing it and all that lot. And uh, yeah, so of, of late, I've been trying to get back into the idea of, OK, actually enjoying writing again for the for the sake of enjoying writing, which is kind of tough because I'm on book five of a series. I'm writing a book five of the series and uh, I mostly enjoy like book ones, like book ones, are my absolute favorite because they're just they're pure creativity. Like I don't need to, to worry about fucking tying like these threads together or or, you know, anything like that. It's just like, right, what's coming next? Pfft. You know, what what shoots out my brain for this scene? And we'll try and make it all fit together at the end. Um, and I love that. Uh, but when it comes to book five, I'm just like, shit, am I getting bogged down in the history of everything? And and then, you know, this, like, this character who hasn't met this other character for, like, years, and they're having a nice heartfelt reunion. And it's like, is this boring? I don't know. Um, and it, it's just... It's really tough uh, to really find the the love of it when I'm I'm up to a book five and it's like I still love the character and all of that lot, all the characters. But yeah, trying to find the the love of of the writing when I'm just constantly seem to be trying to tie everything back together to make it all work. It's just really tough. So I really want to get back to writing a book one to make myself happy again. But I don't know if that actually answers your question at all. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Um, personally, I'm I'm doing better since I've. Oh, I've got more of a, uh, a schedule but about I, me yeah, these days, so I'm sort of like working on something there. Is oh, you're back? 
Sorry, Rob, you just cut out for a second. You're I don't know, here. man. It's this software. What's going on? Where did, where did I get to? You're like talking about getting about back to uh, a book one so you can be happy again. And hopefully that oh, works. Anyway, I don't know. I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm working on a bit more of a schedule, which is hopefully leaving me more time to chill out and enjoy other things at the moment. So I've been playing Elden Ring a lot. I'm really enjoying that. And I think that's something that I've certainly missed, playing computer games and reading books. Like I'm sitting down and having a whiskey and reading uh, Robin Hobb every night at the moment. And I'm absolutely loving it again. Nice. Um, Good. So, yeah, like for me, it's like trying to go back to some of the things that, I, that I've always loved but just fell out of the habit doing because I didn't have time. Um, I was too busy sort of working so I, you know I can't remember the last time I, I played a computer game for more than an hour and I'm now like 78 hours into playing Elden Ring and I'm just like this is fucking brilliant <laughs> so yeah I think yeah. hobbies are, are maybe a little weird for writers uh, because I'm guessing most of us started with writing as a hobby um, mm. like you know not many people sort of like throw in and like that's my career all, all of a sudden you know so that's your hobby you're like, yay, and then you're making money at your hobby. And you're like, yeah, that's amazing. And then you're making, you're living at your hobby. And you're like, yay, don't have a hobby. Like, yeah, and then when you're not working, so you're, you're, now you don't have a hobby. You're not doing, you know, anything. And your whole life is words. And you go like, oh, well, I love reading. And you pick up a book and you're like, fuck, I hate reading. <laughs> like, what am I, like, really? I, I'm going to go stare at more words now? In my I, I haven't time? had that happen yet. Uh, you're lucky. I, I uh, have, but I found the way to sort of like combat it is to take time up. So like, you, you know, finish, finish writing, whatever, and then don't stare at words for a few hours. Um, and then like mm, after walk, you've had like run. four hours or so, then pick up a book and be like, okay, I can actually enjoy the words again. But if you try to go straight from writing to reading, yeah, nah, <laughs> too many words, just no. Do you guys think that a large part of, of what we're sort of touching on today is trying to be as excited as possible about like the present moment? Because it sounds like a lot of the things that we're converging on are saying that like happiness is when you don't, sorry, unhappiness or anxiety is when you want to escape the present experiences or sensations that you're, you're feeling right now. Whether that is like the book is going badly or you know, you're on a walk and you're not present in that moment or whatever it is. So for you guys, what has been the most effective things that have made you excited to write the scenes that you're writing right now or to be doing the activities that you're doing? Oh my right God, you're going to try and tie this back into writing? Yes. <laughs> there is nothing else, Mike. <clears throat> Only the right, words. right, right. No, no, no uh, I'm happy to talk about the other stuff as well because like this is one of my favorite topics to discuss. Just like how do you find meaning and happiness and peace and... Are those the same thing? Are they different things? But yeah, I'm just curious to like get the specifics of writing and then we'll extrapolate it out from, from there to general stuff. Because I feel like if you, can, if you can manage to figure out how to consistently be excited about writing your daily words, then you can probably figure out how to be excited about like anything else in life is my thoughts. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I think they're kind of, they're not completely unrelated, but they're also, they're not the same thing. Um, uh, like what's been working for me for writing and for being in the moment when writing is doing sprints. Uh, I'll set an alarm for 30 minutes and until that alarm goes off, I am not allowed to do anything else. 
There's no social media. There's no getting up and walking around and making coffee or any of that shit. I am ass in chair making words for those 30 minutes. Uh, that sort of, that's been really good for keeping me focused. Because uh, otherwise, if I'm not actually doing a sprint, uh, I am constantly flaking and popping onto social media to say something, to read something, to whatever, who cares. The bigger sort of like happiness, contentedness, Steve thing, uh, that writing is like one thing. It's one tiny part of that. Um, being present in the moment is super critical. Uh, maintaining a level of sort of uh, cardiovascular fitness, just mm -hmm. so you're getting your endorphin kicks at a regular thing, super critical. Uh, sunlight, super important, which uh, sucks because I live in Canada. And <laughs> sky has literally that's... been a gray dome for like six months. So I, I haven't seen the sun. I am so fucking pasty white right now. Um, the sun never uh, shines in England. Finishing things, uh, you know, moments of achievement, really important. And they can be small things. And uh, creating, you know, I think... Uh, having something that you finish and can kind of hold up and go, I did that. Mm -hmm. And it could, it can be anything. It could be putting a poster up on a wall, could be making something with your hands. I don't know. Candles. But, yeah. I've been doing like candle this. making recently and I'm finding that quite, you know, quite pleasant. Oh, get to oh make, yeah. Get to make some candles. And then what's really fun is like burning them. Well, you know, lighting them on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like uh no no that's actually it's just something that uh i just picked up as a new hobby and it's really fun that's nice. yeah yeah it's mostly cool. you bring up um no go ahead Jeff. oh sorry i was just just gonna say um you kind of bring up an interesting question here which is like is it better to chase excitement or is it better to chase peace i because... i was just gonna say that i'm much better off if i'm not overly stimulating myself one you know like that trying to be excited or if i get too excited then it's like i get anxious also mm. at the same time because whatever's happening whatever i'm doing i'm not getting enough of it and i'm not doing it fast enough yes. um or you're but i'm i'm much better off i'm much end. better off if i can take but take a deep breath and just be content that whatever i'm doing right now is okay for me to be doing and that's mm. and that even goes for writing well it's like well isn't writing always okay to be doing well you can get the i can get over obsessive about that too um so it's um it's finding that balance where i can just be okay i need to do this now even if it's not something that i want to do um, I'm going to do it and just be content that it's the right thing to be doing right now, right? Um, and, and that includes writing, you know, and too much, too many hours a day. And I, I'm, I'm anti, um, uh, I'm not very productive, right? Um, mm. after, after a certain amount of time. And the, the trick is just kind of knowing when that is and when it's when it's okay to stop even. Um, but also not putting shit off like I do. Like I really, I really do need to get some writing done um, instead of, you know, moving these books around again 
or you know whatever it Alpha else. Alphabet cool ordering else. your uh, bookshelves. Yes. Yeah. You know, I really need to like sweep, get my Swiffer out, and clean up this floor. No, I don't. I don't. That's not something I need to do. Um, when it needs to be done, then I should be content doing that. But I don't have to do it like you know all the time. I think okay, that word contentment is an interesting one because like, yeah, when I hear the word happiness, I think to your point, Dirk, it is a sensation that is like, that is pleasant, but embedded within a happy experience is also a fear that you could it's gonna have go an away. unhappy experience. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of the things that's often talked about in, in like Zen Buddhism is the idea that within every positive experience is a fear or a seed of a negative experience. So if you appreciate feeling um, uh, connected or, or loved, that's actually sort of negative because it means that you fear being lonely and disconnected. Mm. And if you feel grateful for being, um, I don't know, like young and healthy, that also is bad because it means you fear being old and, and, un and unhealthy, which is inevitably going to happen to everybody. Well, so, that's, that's a good one for you. I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> Duck, you're, you're plenty young. You're plenty young. You just renovated a whole house. That's like taking Finally, a lot of energy. Finally, that's almost <laughs> 60. Mm. Yeah, the, what we didn't actually tell people is that you did start renovating that when you were 20. So 40 <laughs> yeah. years of renovation, it's finally paid off. But my point being is that <laughs> Um, I think we do have like as a culture like a very strong obsession with I mean I can't speak to, to your countries because everyone here is in a different country but um, I feel like we do have a very strong obsession with like pursuing happiness but embedded within that is like sort of this very negative notion that you can fail and you can achieve the opposite of happiness and therefore you can uh, be unhappy and miserable and that's why I feel that peace is almost a better thing to try to move towards because to me peace is like you just accept the way that things are and you embrace whatever that is um yeah, yeah there's that's a that there's a productive. dangerous this is why steve is so difficult so yes. accepting the way things are great can be super healthy it can also there are situations when it sucks though in that's a super idea. shitty mm -hmm. situation where you're like ah you know what i'll just I'll just accept the way things are rather exactly. than putting effort into changing it, right? So it's like exactly, anything. Yeah. There's, it's not a black and white thing. Yep. Um, no. So for sure, but for sure, peace is uh, a part of that. Happiness has to be fleeting. Uh, Zen Buddhists are largely full of shit, like any philosophers. Um, <laughs> it's not rooted in fear. Being unhappy, super easy. Um, <laughs> you know, being discontented, effortless. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it. I think it does require some effort and maybe more effort for some people than others. I think some people are sort of naturally uh, better at achieving that sort of balance. Mm -hmm. And some of us tend toward the, uh, probably an exaggeration, but the, the manic depressive side of it where we tend to be like really fucking happy and achieving a whole shit ton of, <laughs> you know, getting a lot done for, you know, a week and then sort of a, uh, wallowing in a uh, rampant alcoholism for a week and then the next week you're like yeah i am back bitches <laughs> and you know you're getting a lot of shit done again and then there's but, uh, you know, you know, and then there are there are you know situations where people have real chemical imbalances real like it's not just you know 
happiness is an inside job. Well, yes, it is, but yeah, there's definitely a genetic component. But sometimes, as well. sometimes there's you know, there's depression, which is not brought on by anything exterior or your own real thoughts or anything. It's just something that hits, um, like you know, manic, you know, manic depression is is a, a is a real thing. It's not just like oh, snap out of it, you know. Hmm. You're too happy, quit that, you know. Have you just tried Settle being down. happy? Oh, no, you're no. too miserable, <laughs> you're too, you're too miserable, quit that. Oh, geez, I didn't think of that, yeah. Yeah, so, but that's, you know, when things like therapy, medications can be real things to consider and, and, and can help, so... It's, um... Should we perhaps, as we um, as we close out this episode, I think a good way to kind of end this. I've got a few notes written down, which I've, I'll kind of say at the end. But from each of you, what do you think is the or like what activities make you the happiest? And you can also add to that what times uh, and places and experiences just lead to you having the highest levels of happiness or Steve or peace or whatever we want to call it. I've lo- I've um, thought about that a lot lately. I don't know, you yeah. know, if someone said if you could be doing anything you want right now, mm. what would it be? You know, and sometimes I'll say I just really love to sit and watch. I can completely get absorbed in a good TV sh- series and just binge sure. or movies. Um or I would say uh at this moment I'd really love to be on a Caribbean beach you know just sitting and doing nothing and yet i know that in that situation after about you know not very long i get antsy yes and it's like and and that's why if i like go on vacation and do something like that it's got to be a fairly significant amount of time because if i'm only there for a week it's not till the third day that i can get over that anxiousness and finally start Mm. to chill and enjoy and then by the time that happens it's time to come back so it's uh i don't think there's there's one single answer to to that sort of question because a lot of the time it's like at the moment like there are times when i'm just like you know what i really want to do i really want to uh you know uh go to the pub with my friends or or whatever Mm -hmm. that that's that's perfect but then there are other times when i'm like no what i want to do is is sit at home and and read a book or i want to just you know sit with uh with, with vicky and chill on the sofa for a while or whatever you know there's there's no one answer to it it's it's kind of like it's very context dependent yeah so you you've just got to i guess figure out how to go with what you're with what you're wanting at the time as much as you can um and stop trying to force yourself to do things that you think maybe are going to make you happy are going to make you happy yeah, yeah. It's it's so fucking strange happiness. Sorry, Steve. Uh, that you know, it's elusive, and there's no one way to get there, and there's no one way to keep there. And him, it, <laughs> it. Yeah. What is Steve? That's what about you, Mike? Would you, you add anything you know, to that? Definition is uh, is shaky. Um, yeah, so I I like to cheat a lot. Um, there's short, short term Steve, which is, uh, basically a, a chemical rush. Uh, and I find I often reach whiskey. for that. Whiskey, Steve. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes whiskey, Steve, sometimes Steve feels like numb. 
and uh, that's what I want. Uh, it's not always a good idea. In fact, it's usually not. Uh, none <laughs> probably is bad, but it's, it's often what I go for. Um, uh, but also, uh, I try and absolutely like crush like 40, 45 minutes of like hard cardio and every morning mm. until I am fucking soaked in sweat. And nice. afterwards, I have this sort of like mellow. Run as high. Just like... What sort of cardio? Are you sort of running or you're on a on one of those cross trainers? Yeah, I've got an ellipt- Yeah, I've got an elliptical thing in the basement. So I cool. can sort of set the uh, you know, the difficulty. I've got a TV down there, so you know, I'll watch whatever show and you know, my brain's sort of distracted from the fact that I'm in a basement. Um and I can do you know, like go flat out, I'll I'll sort of pick a pace. Uh, and just keep one eye on that that pace, keeping the you know maintaining it, and do forty minutes of that until I am absolutely soaked in sweat, and you know, <coughs> that gives me that. that He's I kind of obsessed with that false... soaked in sweat thing, uh-huh. isn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. With bodily fluids. Well, and you know, bodily me... fluids and Fletcher. Yeah, um, but it's that's a like a temporary thing, and it I think it helps give you a bit of a uh it, it increases your base level of steve a little bit yeah uh, but it's not a that's not a life thing it's not a life change it's not a like you know finding a uh being in a good place with uh where you're at in your job or your relationships or your you know your existence your day-to-day um yeah for that it's like uh, i think i think like rob said it, it keeps changing you know, it's uh, you, if you think you found Steve, you probably briefly have. Um, but you enjoy know, the Steve when you find you... the Steve, because the Steve is fleeting. Yes. Yeah, Don't and then understand that, that it's going to go Steve. away, and you're going to have to keep, uh, you know, keep sort of paying attention. You cannot. Keep I remember Steve when really good at escaping. I remember I was when. Going to say you need to lock Steve up. When That's Mike first started <laughs> like formulating this and figuring out what it was that Steve was going to be, he posted that that he had declared that from there on out, everyone, he was going to call everyone Steve, and everyone was going to be Steve. That was on Facebook a few years ago. <laughs> I, feared, <laughs> I have decided everyone is going to be Steve. Everyone is Steve. He's kind of obsessed with that name, isn't he? That's sort of about the name. Well, Steve, he, wanted, he wanted everyone to be happy and to be Steve. To achieve everyone to be a Steve. the Steve. I think um, uh, interesting thing you're bringing up here, which is this is maybe a good point to wrap it up, and then I can mention the book that I pulled off my shelf because Mike, I'm pretty sure you'll love it. Um, is that like a lot of this comes down to seemingly like removing judgment over how you should be spending the present moment? Because mm-hmm. like as you were saying before, Rob, there are some activities that you would only want to be doing if you're feeling a certain way. So you wouldn't always want to go and hang out with your friends at the pub, but sometimes you do. Sometimes you want to do something totally different. So it seems like one way to kind of reduce a potential source of anxiety in any moment is to try as much as possible to reduce your judgments about like how you should be spending time. Obviously within reason and all these things, there's like a middle ground to it because if you did tell yourself, oh, okay, I'm going to spend today writing and then you're just goofing off on social media the whole time, then that's not that maybe is a good opportunity to have some judgment productively applied. But uh, within reason, I think it is beneficial to kind of not tell yourself there's like one right way to do things. And that brings me to one of my favorite books I read last year, 
um, called How to Live by Derek Sivers. And essentially, uh, the opening chapter begins by saying that the way to live is to be independent, to not be reliant on other people, to be pursuing freedom, to separate yourself uh, from expectations from society. Then the second chapter is like, the way to live is to be dependent on other people and to be connected and to integrate yourself <laughs> into society. And he goes through 27 different ways that in each chapter, he convinces you that that is the way to live. And he does it 27 times. And it's remarkable because that's at the pretty end awesome. of every chapter. You're like, you're like, I've finally figured it out. All the ones before this, they were BS, but this, this one, <laughs> it's real. And then you get to the next chapter and it's a totally different thing again. Yeah. And it's only a short book. It's like, yeah, it probably looks like a hundred pages long. Yeah. And, um, yeah, would, would highly recommend because what it does is it just makes you realize, huh, there's I no one right way to do super manipulatable. Yeah, and that as well. You're like, I just believe yeah. whatever people tell me if they say it in a convincing enough way. Yep. So <laughs> I think, I think, I think a lot, um, I think for today's society in a, in a lot of ways is uh, one really good way uh, to, for a little inner peace, a little inner Steve is... Uh, it's very important not to be judging yourself and what you're doing and what you're thinking all the time, but it's impossible to do that if you're constantly judging others. Um, yes. And people, people, this culture seems to want to judge everyone, everything, all the time. And that's not healthy, not healthy at all. How's your Kickstarter doing against uh, Brandon Sanderson's? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge, especially for writing. It's so easy to judge, like, when you see one author posting a word count of, like, 30,000 words in a week, and you're like, geez, I'm struggling to get to, like, 7,000 words in a week or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And yeah, like, that, that comparisonitis, comparing yourself to other people, is just so toxic and also even worse than comparing yourself to other people is comparing yourself to imaginary versions of how you think you should be in a situation mm -hmm. or how you think that certain things should have turned out i feel like that's even more toxic i just every day try to be mike fletcher because <laughs> he's, he's, he's i want to be i want to be like mike he is my sifu my steve my steve foo Steve. Steve. Nice. I am the Steve. center. I am the all. I am the sun. Nice. Ooh. Can't wait until we become the singularity, aka Mike. All right. So wrapping up this episode, I feel like just the most practical takeaway from this is that if you're not exercising regularly, do it. <laughs> actually, yeah. That's the yeah. one takeaway. Fuck all that. Everything we've yeah. all said, bullshit to that. Just exercise, yeah. guys. You're fine. Rob, Rob had a I mean, record run today. No, no, that was yesterday. Yeah, I got a new personal best oh. for my 5K. 29 minutes yeah. and 41 seconds. Nice. Heck yeah. Yeah, Dude, I think it. I think mine is 21 hours. That is super seconds. slow. Oh my god, you're not you're walking quickly. <laughs> All of us try to build Rob. Judgy, up. so judgy. Over here. So like, judgy. Like no, but hold on. I find Steve in bringing Rob down. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, Fletcher, you can talk when you're actually, you know, going out and doing it in the in the sun oh, or yeah, whatever. No, sitting no, in no. your basement, I, going, I, I am so hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait yeah, until yeah. we do the running is way more difficult session. than the elliptical for sure. <laughs> All right, so 
practical takeaways from this. If you're not exercising, exercise more. I also think another one is like trying to diversify your identity a bit. So if you're just spending all day writing and it's a bad writing session, you've had a bad day. But if you're writing and you're also doing some candle making and you're also doing some like elliptical running or whatever, then, you know, there is like a few different aspects of your identity that you were developing in that day. So if one goes bad, maybe the other two are good. Um, and then, yeah, pro probably what the other one is, is maybe just like the idea of capping your expectations on yourself for work. Like not expecting yourself to write for 12 hours straight, but being like, I'm happy if I go for a 30 minute sprint, like Fletcher said, and then you can cap it there and, and be done with it. No, he didn't say he likes that. He hates that. But he's but he does really well. But he's productive. Yeah. It keeps me going. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening or watching to this. Mike, yet again, your chaos episode has been gold standard. I don't know how you pull these things out of your head like this, but uh, I really enjoyed this discussion. I hope you listening to this or watching this as well found this fun, even if it was a bit esoteric. Um, thank you everybody for listening and watching. Uh, also. Reminder, on our Patreon, which uh, if you want to support the show, it's a great way to do it. You can get free access to Rob's next book. Um, Rob, give us the, the quick spiel about your next book. Um, and All right, quickly. Uh, it's it's book four of The War Eternal, which started with uh, On the Razor's Edge, which is all about Eska, who's that character, and also that character. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's an angry little uh, hate-filled uh, ball of rage. So go and read it. <laughs> One of my favorite series from the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, it's the reason why I became a massive fan of Rob's and also probably the reason why this podcast started because I enjoyed it so much. I chatted We're to Rob still about confused it on that you managed to talk us into being here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I think you were like, oh, Dirk and Rob said that they're in to me. And then you said, Mike and Rob are into Dirk. Yeah. yeah, we're all like, yeah. what? Who? Who's this? That's really good. Why? Yeah, master communicator right here. Hey, here we You've are, like a year and a half later, and I still don't know why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> we love Steve. you. That's what you can do when you have the level of Steve that I have, Mike. The world just bends to your every whim and desire. And yeah. Sounds like yeah, a book I that's... read. <laughs> and maybe or I'm just the most deluded out of all of us, and that's why my, my powers are the most strong. Um, anyway, that's probably a good point to end it on before we start getting into more rabbit holes that we've already explored in this episode. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening or watching and uh, we'll see you next week. Achieve Bye, the Draw. Steve. Nice. I really liked that. That was sick.